New, new, new black, new, new black Wall Street book club. Evan Jefferson, brother, much love. Educating, elevating, because in knowledge is the power and we'll never give it up. <laughs> Literature is for the masses. Where to put your money down the how to watch your assets. Yeah, uplifting others is a passion. My brother Evan, he will turn it into action. New Black Wall Street Book Club. You should come read with come us. Read with us. Yeah, we comprehend and discuss. Yeah. If we all just come together, there's no limit for there's us. No limit for us. <laughs> Here comes your host, New Black Wall Street. Evan, take it away. New Black Wall Street Book Club. Welcome to the New Black Wall Street Book Club, where black folk do read. If you put it in a book, we absolutely will find it. I'm your host, ERGJ, your certified financial educator, CEO of ERGJ Enterprises, ERGJ Black Bazaar, and international best selling author of the book. The Black Billionaires Club. It's a study of black wealth. It's a study of the 12 richest black people in the world today and how they built their wealth. And I just believe that if you want to be wealthy, you should study wealthy people. We can find that book by going to the website www.theblackbillionairesclub.com www.theblackbillionairesclub.com You'll find that link in the description above or below. right into this thing here today guys as we are getting into again the wealth choice all right we'll continue our journey into the wealth choice for our book of this session uh success seekers of black millionaires written by brother dennis kimbrough you can find this book by going to the website www.denniskimbrough.com www.denniskimbrough.com and uh and yeah so that's what we're going to be going through here today uh today we're going to be catching up or continue our journey into the wealth drivers we are, he's discovered nine dri nine drivers of wealth. And so we'll be getting to that here today. Hit the like button, share button if you care. Like button, share button if you care. If you are your brother's keeper, you are your sister's keeper, right? You say, hey, literacy is important. Readers are leaders. That's right, 30 minutes a day to keep broke and stupid away. Well, go ahead and do that as well. Also, let us know where you're connecting from, what city, what state, what country, what city, what state, what country, as we're broadcasting across the world wide web, simply meaning we are global. And so you can be anywhere. Love to know just how far our reach is this morning. Is that more brothers and sisters are waking up saying, you know what? Let's read. Reading Rainbow 2.0. And even if you're not reading, I can be your audio book. I like that. Let me be your audio book this morning. Grand Rod, see you. Great Scott is in the house here, man. Thanks so much for joining us here today. Brother Scott has joined us. Appreciate your support. Brother Mealy, H-Time is in the house. Over there knocking the boots. It's H-Time. Thanks so much for joining us here today. Uh, on the New Black Wall Street Book Club. Brother Miguel Thornton, my main man out there holding it down in New Orleans is in the house, man. Thanks so much for joining us. My sister from another Missa, Mr. Missa, Miss Melissa Price is right out of Charlotte, North Carolina. Thanks so much for joining us here today on the New Black Wall Street Book Club. Queen Vivian always showing up out of Brooklyn is in the house, man. Kings Mountain, North Carolina from Glenda Tate Williams is joining as well. Thanks so much for joining us here today on New Black Wall Street Book Club. So you're listening with the kiddos, man. I appreciate it. Making breakfast, listening. That's what we got going on, man. Changing the way that we think, right? We learned uh, that the first law of wealth was simply this, that wealth begins in the mind and it ends in the purse. Wealth begins in the mind and it ends in the purse. And the second law of wealth, I believe, let's see if I can find it. Right. Oh, no, that, that was the second law. The first law was you make a decision that you will not be poor. That's the first law. Right. You got to make a decision that I will not be 
poor, and the second law was that wealth begins in the mind. That, that's where that's where we got. That's what we got. Uh, something like that. One of those two. I, I got it kind of mixed up. I'm trying to find it. You know, I'll make sure I got these. Uh, first law, wealth begins in the mind, ends in the purse. Something about making decisions not to be not to be broke, right? Not to be poor. Let's see if I can find the second one that you've shown in the last. Yeah, you got to make a decision. That's right. I got them right. I think I got them right. Got to make a decision. Where do you put it at? Yeah, decide now that you will not be poor. Okay, I was right. I just had them, in, had, them in, had them in backwards order. What's going on, Nicholas Hill out of Flint, Michigan? Got a Flint, got a Flint signing, signing here today on the New Black Wall Street Book Club. Queen Almano is in the house. Thanks so much for joining us today on the New Black Wall Street Book Club. Let's get right into it, guys. Wealth Choice, written by Dr. Dennis Kimbrough. Uh, we picked up yesterday, we went over the first three laws, which uh, three drivers, which uh, talked about these variables of life, family unit, and education. We'll pick up three more today, here today. Y'all know what time it is. Let's read. Driver number four, your viewpoint, right, on money. Driver number four, you either act rich or you act poor. You either act rich or you act poor, okay? What's going on, my queen, queen Malefi out of Botswana? I told y'all we global. Thanks so much for joining us here today on New Black Wall Street Book Club. Shout out to Flint, Michigan, North Carolina. Literally from Detroit, right? You either act Act rich or you act poor. In some ways, I believe we are forced to agree with the 20th century writer and journalist Ernest, Ernest Hemingway, who stated that the rich are different. But black millionaires are not too different from the middle class in terms of the attitudes, values, and qualities that shape their day-to-day -day lifestyles. However, they are radically different from the average African Americans in terms of how much money they possess and, in turn, how they spend their earnings. The black millionaires surveyed in this study are distinguished by the belief that wealth is important and that the accumulation of wealth is a desirable life objective. Let me repeat that again. That wealth is important. Everybody put that in the comments below. That wealth is important. And that the accumulation of wealth is a, is a desirable life objective. Is that something that you desire? Moreover, they believe in the wisdom of investing part of their earnings for the long haul and benefiting from the rewards of compound interest. They also believe in protecting their wealth by utilizing professional investment advice. And finally, they believe in spending wisely. They're willing to spend money in order to make money, but they are always in a position to tell their money where to go rather than asking where it has gone. Let me repeat that again. They're willing to spend their money in order to make money. But they are also in but they are but they are always in a position to tell their money where to go rather than asking where it has gone or asking where it went. In a 1996 magazine article titled Banking on Us: The State of Black Wealth, economist and former college president Julianne Malvo described an all too frequent occurrence. She wrote Everything about my friend Carla presents herself. Everything about the way my Carla, my friend Carla presents herself, trumpets that she is living large. A walking billboard, a designer label. She dresses in nine hundred dollars St. John knits and carries a four hundred dollars Chanel bag as she strides up a in two hundred dollars Ferragamo pumps to fold her well-dressed self into a fifty thousand dollars Lexus. But as the saying goes, all that glitters is not gold. 
Carla's actual net worth, that is the value of her assets and what she owns minus the value of her of liabilities or what she owes is a paltry $20,000. About $50,000 less than someone like her, 35 years old with an annual income of $60,000 should be worth. She also carries credit card debt of nearly 30,000, which amounts to an alarming one half of one half of her annual income. And that's not including what she owes on her car. If she were to lose her job, she'd be in huge trouble. Again, the question begs asking, what does your money mean to you? What message does it bring? Does it say eat, drink, and be merry for tomorrow we must die? Does it mean clothes for the naked, bread for the starving, schools for the ignorant, hospitals for the afflicted? Is it a message of generosity or does it cry out more, more, more? Does it bring a message of comfort or educate of education, of an opportunity to aid your fellow man or woman? Is it filled with promise and purpose or is it an, the, or is its appearance deceiving? Does your money speak to your character, your aims and your ambitions? Or does it point out your lack of values or shallow standards? Before you offer your response or, and make the life-changing decision to join the ranks of the financial elite, unlike Carla, I suggest you discard whatever media-driven images you may have about wealth. Most people are who are hoping to look wealthy are doing just that. An expensive car or designer fashions do not constitute affluence. In fact, the opposite is closer to the truth. Millionaires in general are too often stereotyped by the media, especially in reality television, as, a, as possessing not only gaudy but extravagant taste, but also irresponsible fiscal habits. The media also reinforces this perception by focusing on a small percentage of individuals who do live such ostentatious lives. While these people do exist, it is particularly common among those living off inherited wealth. They are the exception, not the norm. We've seen the public and professional misconceptions regarding the genesis of wealth and the mindsets of the affluent. This, in turn, has led to a slew of myths about how the wealthy dispose of their income. For starters, Black millionaires are quite serious when it comes to earning and spending their money. Yes, it's true. Some within this income bracket may indulge both monetarily and socially. However, these gatherings and affairs are few and far between. Events, events such as these typically are conducted behind closed doors and gated walls where participants know they would be surrounded by those of similar financial means. Since the length of time people have been affluent, will, since the length of time people have been affluent will in some way determine how they will spend their money and live their lives, there's little need to impress. Although the majority of the study use the services of a financial advisor or seek out expert investment advice, black millionaires are hands-on hands when it comes to managing their wealth. Everybody put in console, hands-on. Let me stop right there for a second. Millionaires are hands-on when it comes to managing their wealth. Let me ask you this. If you were to become hands-on when it comes to managing your wealth, would that not would that help or hurt you? Become hands-on. I was talking to a, a a sister of mine who I graduated with, uh, who is uh, you know been teaching I think at least thirty years. And 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 last we spoke, uh, I was helping her set up her custodial account for her son, and I asked her. I said, "Well, what about you? What's going on with your retirement?" And her answer was, "I don't know." I haven't looked at it in 20 years. That's a hands-off approach to her wealth. 
the thing that she might be banking on to retire. I don't think that's a good idea. Hands on when it comes to managing your wealth. Now, it doesn't mean you have to be super active, but at least, at least know what's going on with your money. Why you try maybe pay, trying to pay attention to what's going on with everybody else's money, but don't know what's going on with your money. That seems to be a little silly to me. When asked to select a phrase that describes you best, nearly one out of the four said, disciplined about spending money. Conversely, fewer than 2% respond a, a, a bit extravagant. In terms of personal shopping, these consumers could be listed as intelligent shoppers who scour through newspapers and online websites for the best deal. Who, uh, their spending is dispersed across a variety of outlets through retail stores to the internet. They're designers of choice, typically Ralph Lauren or St. John, Tiffany and Louis Vuitton, where Carla would be attracted to these labels as symbols of status and prestige, value, price, and customer service are driving factors that influence respondents' purchasing decisions. 80% stated that they always search for bargains, and 25% use coupons. Their store of choice, Sam's Club, Costco, Walmart, in addition to high-end retail such as Nordstrom and Bloomingdale. One third replied that they rarely finance or buy on credit. With regard to those, to your spending habits, two thirds replied that they limit wants in order to fit income. They limit their wants in order to fit their income. Though their homes are far from palatial, an average appraised value is less than 299000 Black millionaires are certainly proud of their residences, and they invest considerable time and money in home improvements. One in five shared that their forms of splurging is to redecorate their home. The millionaires in this study own between three and four cars, and their garage is more apt to feature a Ford or Chevy than a, than a Maserati or Bentley. Brands of choice include Mercedes, Lexus, BMW, GM, and Ford in that order. The consumer behavior of Carla and her fellow have-nots may be driven by the need to demonstrate that they have arrived, but the wealthy refuse to be guided by such directives. One responded, a female Detroit business-based business owner and a millionaire several times over and more than was more than honest. I've got no problem mouthing the words I can't afford. I've come to know the art of keeping of keeping begins with the art of spending. I've come to know that the art of keeping begins with the art of spending. Prior to any major purchase, the financial leader apt to ask three critical questions. Is this expense necessary? Will this purchase add to my wealth or diminish it? Is this an impulse or a planned purchase? By now, a common thread is apparent regarding consumption patterns of the affluent. Although the wealthy enjoy the benefits and options that money presents, their spending can be categorized as nothing short of thoughtful and prudent. Plain and simple, their thinking is guided by this maxim. If he or she looks rich, he or she isn't. Living lives of excess, exorbitance, and waste runs counter to their values. Or as another Detroit-based millionaire who owns a slew of businesses in the Midwest remarked, the poor keep score, by, keep score by cars and clothes. The middle class keeps score by degrees and titles. But the wealthy keep score by their bank account. The monetary benefits of character, faith, and principle are simply beyond consumption. Let me read this again. This is... <laughs> The poor keep score, keep score by cars and clothes. The middle class keeps score by degrees and titles. But the wealthy, they keep score by their bank account. 
Now, I don't know about you, but that made me kind of just think about levels that I've been through myself. I remember when, you know, the car with the rims and all that stuff was important. I remember that man, back in my young days, right? When I was young, dumb, and full of cum, you know what I'm saying? Stupid, you know what I'm saying? Naive. And then I got to the stage where it seemed like, okay, getting that degree and all that stuff seemed to be kind of valuable and important. And then keeping score, how many degrees I got on the wall. And then I started, I started to realize, well, with all those degrees that that person got, how much debt are they in? How much did it cost? Now I'm at the stage, I'm, I'm paying attention to my bank account. How much can I grow my bank account? Driver number four, money. Acting rich or acting poor as a driver of wealth. Let's get a quick word from our sponsor. Don't just buy black, decorate black. ERGJ Black Bazaar is the Afrocentric marketplace and we specialize in urban home decor. Anything from shower sets to wall tapestries to duvet cover sets, you can decorate your entire home with original black art inspired gifts. Check us out at www.ergjblackbazaar.com www.ergjblackbazaar.com ERGJ Black Bazaar, the Afrocentric marketplace. We make group economics easy. over to driver number five this is going to talk about work work is it a necessary evil or is it your life work see these different 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 variables you know the, the haves and the have nots the haves the have nots look at work as a necessary evil nine to five hourly work the haves look at work as life work five to nine self-employment new black wall street book club Let's read. What's going on, Ms. Melanie Peters? Thanks so much for joining us here today on New Black Wall Street Book Club. Change the way that we think, right? Wealth begins in the mind, ends in the purse, right? Let's read. Uh, virtually every success story mentioned in this book involves someone working longer or harder than his or her peers. As a child, Tyra Banks was drawn to photography and fashion. Radio personality Tom Jordan slaved away for thousands of hours in obscurity prior to being labeled the fly jock, traveling from Chicago to Dallas every day. Perhaps nothing stops Maceo Sloan's ordeal. He grounded away, he ground away for years, perfecting the art of investing before he ever got his chance. Throughout countless conversations, the wealthy were quick to extol the virtues of hard work. Many told tales of 70 to 80 hour work weeks and spending nights and weekends in the office. Several respondents revealed that their personal road to wealth began when I took any job that crossed my hand, even a position that paid minimum wage. Their number one rule, stated earlier, work harder and stay later. I'm sorry, number one rule, start earlier, work harder, and stay later. As one respondent blurted, whoever can rise before dawn, 365 days a year, never fails to make his family rich. But beyond sheer hard work, uh, persistence, and grit, other factors are equally, if not more important, not more important. Not surprisingly, the wealth love their work. Initially, I mistakenly reasoned that these individuals love money so much they do anything to attain it. However, I found the opposite to be true. More than 70% of respondents agreed with this adage, do what you love and the money will follow. 
do what you love and the money will follow. Now, I will tell you this, guys, as I as more people are hitting my inbox and you know looking for coaching and uh, consultation and all that stuff. I, I, I come to I kind of come, especially when I'm teaching the youth, when I'm talking to the youth, uh, our teenagers that are getting ready to graduate or in high school or, or whatever. I'm trying to help them to discover. Right? Everybody put in council discover what they love to do. What I've come to find is that what they love is actually already in them. But the whole stage that I believe that you go through, especially like college time, is you're just trying a whole bunch of stuff till you discover what you love. So a lot of what you go through in college is about finding out what you don't want to do till you can discover what you do want to do. And then you can pour your all into it and you do what you love and the money will follow. See, I've been doing what I'm doing now. I've been doing this for over over 10 years, right? Obviously, I must love it because I keep doing it. And it has shown to bear its fruit, right? You know, the, the, the labor, you know, the fruit of its labor. Right. In all labor, there's profit in all labor. Now, how much profit is a good question, though. Like, you know what I'm saying? You can you can work hard and still get paid a little bit. So although you make some money, all labor, there's profit. How much is another question. Then begin to learn how to trade not my time for money, but then I learn how to trade my money for money. And that's what I've been teaching black folk for over a decade. But do what you love and the money will follow. Those interviews were more apt to uh, be entrepreneurs or professionals and executives, occupations that require intense periods of focused attention. Several spoke of their contributions in a particular field or industry. They shared stories regarding their employees and customers. Seldom, if ever, did they mention that money, the money they had earned. The financial elite seemed to realize intuitively that the key to financial success begins by committing yourself to an inspiring cause that impacts others in a positive way. The possibility of the of their business or work being passed on to their children added energy to their attitude. In short, they were driven by something much larger than simply earning a living. Obviously, they were set they they were set on forging a life. They believed in their cause and were committed to seeing it through. Rather than money, their dreams and vision motivated them to reach their financial goals. The wealthy are ruled by passion in their heart. When it comes to life and their work, they completely they are completely engaged. More than 75% replied that they will continue in their present line of work when asked, what would you do if you won $1 million in a lottery? And speaking of the lottery, from my survey data, black millionaires emerge as a unique breed, driven by solid attitudes and values revolving around work, wealth, and investing. It is no secret that the higher an individual's net worth, the less likely he or she is ever to play the lottery. This is a stark contrast to a 2008 Illinois study that examined lottery sales in the state's six most heavily populated black zip codes. According to Illinois lottery records of the 2007-2008 fiscal year, Greater Grand Crossing, Chatham, Roseland, and Pullman communities, four areas that feature a black population in excess of 90%, generated lottery sales of nearly 50 million. Ironically, nearly one half of the residents aged 16 and older are unemployed. One of the one of the area store owners stated stated the obvious. Not one, but blacks come to buy hundreds of lottery tickets each day. And the sad part is that the majority are unemployed. I can see them walk over here from the public aid and unemployment office down the street. The black financial elite are more apt to place their solid faith-based values into action with a consistency that is lacking among many of the poor. 
My data suggests an almost unanimously high value assigned to both work and financial success. Generating income through devotion to career is the primary manner in which the typical black millionaire reaches the goal of financial independence. Sure, everyone wants to win the lottery and even the wealthy play for fun, but they don't spend half of their paycheck on tickets and winning the lotto is not their primary strategy for creating wealth. As a number of respondents have openly stated, it should dawn on people that with the, with the lottery, as with any other form of gambling, the house wins and the neighborhood loses. The house wins and the neighborhood loses. Now, what's very interesting here is that you really can't convince people of stats and all that stuff that is, at the end of the day, people are going to choose to do what people want to do with their money, whether that's smart or stupid. That's up to them. But, you know, when you start tuning in something like the New Black Wall Street Book Club, you might just start to think differently about how you act uh, when it comes to some of these drivers of wealth. Start to learn how, here's how the wealthy think. Well, I might start thinking like them, and I might just get wealthy. I don't know. It might work for you. Maybe something to consider and think about. This is the new Black Wall Street Book Club. Where black folk do read. You put it in a book like The Wealth Choice, written by Dr. Dennis Kimbrough, and we absolutely will find it. In the comments below, I'd like for you to share something that you learned today. What was your takeaway from today? Uh, we've gone over two more drivers today, and that'll be our time as we looked at work and we also looked at money as two of the nine drivers or nine drivers of wealth. I'm simply asking you to answer this question in the comments below. Was this worth your time and why? Here on Reading Rainbow 2.0. Take a look. <laughs> it's in a book. And that book that we're reading today here is The Wealth Choice. Let's catch up on these uh, comments here because it's simply, hey, I choose wealth. That's exactly what I choose to do. I see I see you, Miss Charlotte Wiseman. I love to cook. Yeah. You know, and, and you know what? A whole bunch of people love to eat. That sounds like a match made in heaven. You love to cook and they love to eat. They'll gladly exchange their dollars for some food. We know that eating ain't going nowhere. Okay? You can easily turn that into some money making some a stream of income. Your love of cooking can become very profitable for your life <laughs> and your household. Absolutely cool. I used to play numbers. Okay, Miss Bill. Okay, you got a little history on that, Miss Bill. Aunt Bill, wild power. The house wins and the neighborhood loses. The house wins and the neighborhood loses. Hey, it was worth a lot. It, yeah, it was worth it. A lot of insight, man. The house always wins. Absolutely. So this is a terrific Tuesday, guys. Again, I know you guys are still typing. We do have, yeah, we got Trading Tuesday today here in the BBC. That's what we got. That's all I got on tap. I got a couple of interviews and stuff like that. Yeah, that's all I got on tap today. We'll be back here tomorrow uh, where we do have our uh, crypto trading at 6 and our new Black Wall Street Book Club at 7. And again, if there's something that you guys need help with, there is something I'm exchanging as well. I am looking to uh, not increase necessarily followers, uh, but I'm actually increasing my next level uh, to uh, to my page being sponsored is to increase our video views. So if you find value in what we're doing here and you want to exchange something, and I'm not asking you to exchange money, I'm actually asking you to exchange some time, just go and watch a video over ERGJ Enterprises, right? That helps us boost up showing them that, hey, not only are we creating content, 
we're creating content that people want to see. And if people want to see it and we show that enough people want to see it, they're going to take us to look and say, well, hey, they over here, this little brother over here is creating content that people want to see. And we want to get in front of the people. So let us let us throw a few dollars over there so we can be in front of the people that he is that, in front of his in front of his viewership. Now, of course, I'm going to vet that thing out. Make sure that it's it's in line with what we're doing over here. But that's how we get other people to pay, right, for the lessons that we get. And I'm going to show y'all strategy in this thing. There's there's levels to this thing. That money is everywhere. You got to you got to know where you got to you got to know where to find it. And they uh they pay attention to stuff like that. So you want to help a brother out? That's what you can do. Uh, just simply just hit the play button on the video. Go walk away. Go take care of the kids, whatever. Or watch the video. That'd be great. I really want you to watch it. But even if you don't, just hit play and then come on back to it. Okay. <laughs> right man thanks so much miss price my sister from another man gotta gotta get an interview with miss price pretty soon we'll talk about that i don't know what your schedule is like gotta bring you on man you got a lot to say. i love what you're doing as well uh as you are uh you know uh, i guess more in the ministry area seems like i'm not quite sure uh that's what i mean i love to write sing great thing yeah man and you know what a lot of people love to read a lot of people love to listen to your voice yep and a lot of people love to read what you create or partake in what you create it's money out there. You better get it. That's what I'm trying to tell you. All right, my beautiful people, man. I want you guys to remember this, that it takes a village. It starts with us. Let's build as we climb together. We all we got, beautiful people. Matter of fact, we all we need. And thank God that's more than enough. Until next episode, you know what time it is. It's the DJ. Hit the music. The new Black Wall Street. Thanks you for joining the show. We gave a lot of great tips, but it's time to go. Take the knowledge we shared. Hope you use it and grow. We will see you all there at the next episode of The New Black Wall Street. The New Black Wall Street. This is the New Black Wall Street Book Club, where black folk do read. If you put in a book, we absolutely will find it. Now, I'm your host, ERGJ, your certified financial educator, and we invite you to join the Black Billionaires Club. Get connected with brothers and sisters who are serious about winning with money, serious about success, and super serious about helping you to accomplish your goals and to build your dreams. Check out the website at www.theblackbillionairesclub.com, www.theblackbillionairesclub.com, you can find that link in the description above or below. Make a decision to change the rest of your life. We'd ask that you would subscribe and support this podcast with a small monthly donation to help us sustain future episodes, to improve financial literacy within our community, and ultimately to help us to build the School of Wealth, to build an institution that will teach the next generation about money. And your small monthly contribution can make all the difference. Well, say, well, we want to say thank you so much for tuning in to this episode of the New Black Wall Street Book Club. We want you to remember this, that it takes a village, and it starts with us. Let's build as we climb together. We all we got, people. And thank God that that's more than enough. Until next episode, you know what time it is. Mr. DJ, hit. The music. New, new, new black, new, 
It's the new Black Wall Street Book Club Street. With your host, Evan Jefferson. Evan Jefferson It's time for us to go yeah. Now you ain't gotta leave the computer But we encourage you to get out there And learn And apply All the things you learn at the new Black Wall Street Book Club Book Club <laughs> Yeah Thank you.